I wish I didn't have a coming out story. Rosie. She was like, what? I told Rosie you were straight, straight, straight. And my mother was like, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, know what the, you know what the book say about that? Like, dad, I want you to, I want you to be my boyfriend. Well, lots of champagne that <laughs> night before I could build up the courage to tell my father. And I always laugh because I say my brother outed me. And I, I tried not to do the typical Thanksgiving announcement. And one of my mother's best friends came in. I just want you to know that uh, I like women. She was like, look, if we gonna be together, you need to tell them. They pushed me out. So when I got in the car, she was like, what is this? I was like, it's from a boy named Derek. <laughs> I just lied. I think I came out the first time in 2013. I didn't come out again until October 2021. Um, it wasn't really pleasant. So pretty much they put me in reparative therapy. I was a faggot in the sissy from very young. Something, 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 she, blah, blah, blah. And my stepmom was like, she? You ought to have him as your boyfriend. He's so nice. You going with a guy or a girl? And I said, I'm going with a girl. And then she would see people. I'd bring people over. Now my parents, they ain't stupid. They kind of knew, you know, mm -hmm. he had got a little sugar in his tank. She came around like a friend for the for a of long course. time. Yeah. He ain't just my roommate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like not having it. And uh, I got home from school, like it was a normal day. I got home and she was like, what is this? What's up everybody and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. How old were you at this time? I was 16. Okay. And um, I took the, you know, the first girl I started kind of talking to because that kind of unfolded. My best friend was like, girl, you know, Rosie got a little crush on you. And I was like, what? Rosie likes me. Like Rosie was older than me. So I was like, what? I got a thing for Rosie. She was like, what? I told Rosie you were straight, straight, straight. Like, <laughs> not to even bark up that tree. I said, no, girl, give her my number. Yeah. And we was like, going to me. And Rosie was like stone cold butch, like oh. showed up at homecoming, three five piece suit on with a oh, pink no. okay. hat kind of look, all white, like wasn't playing. Wow. So it was like there was no like playing off that like we were just go, you know going to homecoming, together. like friends, like it was clear. Y'all was together. We was together, and I, I didn't realize oh. how like. Out, I was making myself at the time. Like I didn't really process or think about it. I was just yeah. like, we like each other. We going to the dance together. Mm -hmm. So you did know? you? So at that time, so you you're dating guys up to pretty much this point. For as far as like your family and then of course your friends. Like how mm -hmm. was that? Was it just like oh, we just here and then like people are like, <laughs> okay, so is this what we is this or did you have to come out? <laughs> so I came out to my mom like before I went to homecoming because I didn't want her to be surprised by the pictures but she didn't take me seriously mm -hmm. she thought like oh it's just a phase I had a little girl crush once upon mm -hmm. a time you know you'll grow All right, mom. Kind of thing. <laughs> you know like she wasn't really taking it serious and then like afterwards after all that attention after homecoming everybody was like did you know I ended up doing my one final like guy that I dated right this is the last guy that I like I've you know, dated since then. 
and we dated for like a month. And so I think my mom was like, oh, see, I knew it was a phase. Then I started dating another girl. She was my high school sweetheart. We dated for like two and a half years, you know, mm. before we went off to college and, um, and ended up breaking up my, my first semester um, in college. That whole like this long distance yep. thing didn't work out. But my mom acted like she was just so shocked. Like once I got into college and I brought my, my girlfriend, now my wife home that like first um, freshman year at Howard, she like acted like she was just so shocked. I'm like, we had this conversation, but it was because I think she really like talked herself into believing that like it was here and then gone. Yeah. It's, for me, it's interesting, like, cause I grew up in a household with, my mom primarily raised me. Um, so I only remember like visits with my father as a kid and, as I was growing up and realizing like who I am and becoming more of, you know, my queer self, my gay self, I, I never really thought about too much of like how he would feel about it, to be honest. Um, but my father has always been very nurturing, very uh, loving. He's always loved on me. And even though like you always hear your parents know um, about, you know, your sexuality before you, before you actually verbalize it. And I think, he probably knew, but for me, like I said, it was, it was we were hanging out um, here in Harlem one night, we were out for drinks and I was dating someone I was in a serious relationship with. And, you know, kind of had that liquid courage probably. And <laughs> I was, we were riding in the car and I, and I literally had a moment, I'm texting, you know, my then partner at the time. And I was like, dad, I want you to, I want you to be my boyfriend. And he was like, you're what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like my boyfriend and he kind of like paused for a second then he was like okay like and you know it was like we continued the night um but what, what was interesting to me is after telling him that he kind of talked to me about his own sexuality and he, he although he's a heterosexual man he expressed to me that when at a certain certain point in his life he did have thoughts um, and curiosities. And so I thought it was like, oh, wow, I got, I got to have a different conversation with him based on me just being vulnerable and sharing more of who I am. How um, deep did he go with that? He, well, it was, <laughs> he didn't go too deep. He was, he kind of just was like, you know, I had thoughts and I thought maybe he, he kind of questioned his own sexuality for a, a, a second. But I thought that that was something you don't, we don't get to hear. Yeah. Um, it's because a lot of, for him to say that yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly. And so it, the moment just brought us closer and, um, I am happy cause I have a, a, a positive story. Like a lot of people don't have a positive yeah. story. My, my father didn't treat me any differently. Um, you know, and as a matter of fact, I think he even is more protective of me. So, um, but that was, that was my, that was my, experience with coming out to my dad which was interesting so yeah my relationship with my father um is similar to um tony where you know i i stayed i primarily with my mother and i spent time with my father so i spent summers in michigan with my father's side of the family the school year with my mother um and my my father's side of the family is pretty religious and um very 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 um i guess intolerant of homosexuality that's like the one thing in the Bible that they really latch on to. And it's just like, absolutely not. And there was this homeless guy who um, used to just be around the neighborhood that my father's house was at. His name was Goulash. And he was 
present he presented as gay. I don't know what he identified as, but he, he had a tank top. He would like turn it in, and you know when people would like take a tank top mm-hmm. and they tuck it in, like it turns into like a bra. Mm-hmm. Kind of. mm-hmm. um, he had, <laughs> yes, he had his his tank top was like that, and um, he would chase people around. And um, I just remember, you know not really seeing too many people who were gay growing up. And for that to be sort of the representation in my neighborhood, it made me feel like, you know, that my father didn't really understand the full um, diversity and texture of the community and that he just had this one isolated reference point. And um, so when I came out to my father, it was after I graduated college and when after I moved to New York, um, I also got some liquid courage as well, lots of champagne that night <laughs> before I could build up the courage to tell my father. And um, it didn't go like how I wanted it to go. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, an aggressive situation, but he told me flat out that he didn't support it. He told me that he loved me, but he doesn't support it. And um, to this day, you know, it's just something that we don't talk about. Um, we'll talk about every other thing going on in my life, but um, I don't think there's an interest in, you know, sort of my romantic side of my life or who I'm dating or when I might get married or starting a family. So um, it's religion has been a barrier in my um, in my relationship with my father. So that relationship has been kind of strained because as I get older, I'm not really interested in having relationships where I can't have the full extent of myself. Um, but that's been my experience. And, you know, well, therapy is definitely um, paying off for that part. Um, so I wish I didn't have a coming out story because it's something that I think is just definitely archaic, um, needs to be obsolete. Let's go ahead and obliterate that completely because I definitely exist the same way anybody else does. You know, I shouldn't have to proclaim that. However, because I am a 90s baby, you know, we did not come into the life where everyone is so, you know, much more understanding and open about the community. So excuse me, my coming out story was pretty low key. Um, I think I was about 15 or something like that. Uh, was at my dad's house in Philly. Like I said, I live in, I'm from Chicago, live in Chicago currently. And I went to my dad's house and I decided to write my mom a letter, uh, mailed it to her, waited for her to receive it where I was telling her, this is who I am. I finally know this about myself and accepted it. She received the letter, did not give me any response or feedback on the letter for a few weeks, extended my stay at my father's house because she couldn't quite, I guess, come to terms with it. I'm pretty unclear. It's not something that I hold near and dear in my memory. So it's definitely back there in the crevices. I don't remember a lot of details, but the first thing she said to me was, well, that's who you are. I just still want you to be a good person, which of course now I problematize that language because I was a good person before you knew that information. I'm a good person after it. But again, my mom was born in the 50s. So her viewpoint on certain things is a little skewed. Um, I don't charge it to her heart, just to her head and her experience in life. So that is what it is. Um, my dad didn't have too much to say. My dad is also a member of the Alphabet Mafia. So if he did have something to say, that would be quite weird. But you know, people throw you curveballs here and there. But um, all my friends were definitely welcoming. I was in a glass closet, so they were not surprised at all. They were like, I'm glad you're finally being yourself because I went from, you know, trying to fit in with the other girls in my surrounding space and that didn't last long. And once I finally showed up to a, like a little kickback or something we had dressed in more masculine clothing, everybody was like, oh, great. Glad we all finally arrived on the same page. So um, yeah, that was pretty much my coming out story and never looked back. 
everything was smooth sailing after that? Um, I tried not to do the typical Thanksgiving announcement, but I see <laughs> movies and people have typical Thanksgiving announcements because like you said, everybody's there. I don't have to tell this story over and over. Everyone's mm -hmm. And so uh, my dad's side's not that religious. And so I said, well, let me start with them. Um, they, they seem to like they'd be the least judgmental. And it was one conversation I had with my aunt where I was beating around the bush and trying to say I was gay. And she just stopped me. And she was like, say it. I was like, what? She's like, say it. I'm like, and she's smiling. I'm like, what the hell are you smiling for? I'm not smiling. And once I realized what she was trying to get me to do, I said, oh, I've never, ever, ever said without shame, I'm gay. I've never said without embarrassment, I'm gay. And so I said, I'm gay. And I started crying. And after that moment, there was no stopping me. So we went upstairs to where everybody else was and I made the same announcement and I closed with I'm gay and everybody's popping bottles, celebrating. <laughs> it was, I was really shocked. And my grandmom, she was like, uh, she was crying. She was like, I don't know what this means, but I love you. Um, um, and uh, she unfortunately passed last year. And then uh, the information slowly leaked to my mom's side of the family. I have a very huge family. My grandmother had 14 kids. My great-grandmother had 11 kids. So it was like thousands of us. And so once something gets leaked, it's out. And so um, my aunts, uh, maybe about five of them called me all on like a five-way, I guess, because they were all on the phone. What is this we hear you about being gay? Uh... I'm gay. I don't want, what do you want me to say? What do you, what is this we hear? We hear truth. Um, well, you know, this is wrong. You're a man of God. And they're grilling me. And, and they were like, have you told your mom? I was like, no. They was like, well, if you don't tell her, we're talking. <gasps> oh, again, they didn't realize the harm that they were doing, but you were literally forcing me out before I even ready. Um, and um, another one of my aunts got wind of what they did and she was hot and she started running down their history. They don't remember when they did this. When they, <laughs> they did that and I was like, ooh, I wish I would have known this prior. I would have brought it up on the call. Um, but, uh, he, he who was without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> my, and baby the rap sheets. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I pulled my baby sister in the room with my dad and my mom and, you know, tell them. And my, I think my aunts already told my mom because she was already in the mood and wasn't even looking at me. And, you know, we had some very harsh words were exchanged. Uh, if you want to know, it's in the book. And uh, I was heartbroken um, because my biological dad is not in my life. My mom was really my only, you know, I was, I'm a mama's boy. Um, we talked every day. You know, there was almost nothing except for my gay lifestyle that she didn't know about me. So to be rejected by her was very, very disappointing. And I was so heartbroken and I felt like an orphan. I felt abandoned. I have nobody to turn to. Now my stepdad, he was very happy. He was like, you know, be who you are. So glad you can finally be free. Um, you, know, uh, you know, your mom will eventually come around. And so we stopped talking for a very long time. 
um, I began to look for love in all the wrong places. Um, I was already promiscuous and I even doubly got promiscuous trying to find love and comfort in beds when that wasn't the way to go. Um, and it took years of uh, uh, learning about behavior. Like you said, there's always a reason why people think the way they do. And one of my friends who had come out years prior uh, was like, Ben, you have to give your family time. You have to give them time to adjust. He said, you had years to deal with this. You just gave this to them in 2.5 seconds. And, you know, in a perfect world, arms would have been wide open. We don't live in a perfect world. Right. And I had to give them time and understand why they thought the way they thought. My mom, uh, you know, her, her, her teen in her early 20s was in the 80s when AIDS first hit. And so all her gay friends died mm -hmm. from AIDS. Yeah. So that is her traumatic experience connected to being gay. Um, uh, and so I had to understand where all her fears were sourced at, right? The world doesn't treat gay people too kindly. So I can only imagine her being afraid about her only son being out in the world, being black, being gay. And so once I began to understand the reason why she believed what she believed when she said what she said, I had empathy and forgiveness in my heart and began to be open more around her in front of her. And so, um, you know, she is uh, very supportive of the book. Um, I don't know, we haven't circled back and had a conversation about her beliefs being changed. What I do know is that she would rather her son in her life and not. And so instead of, you know, being hostile, instead of being judgmental, uh, you know, she doesn't know. So she just decided to accept that I am who I am and I will be who I will be. And most of my family um, has come to that point. Uh, a lot of them have supported the book, bought the book, come to events. Um, so it takes time to heal things. And we as people who are on and unfortunately we always have to bear the brunt of uh empathy <laughs> and understanding people is that we can't be so combative and confrontational when uh uh people don't get us and understand us because we get it they don't they either may need time or experience to overcome whatever that prejudice is so i had to give my family time to overcome ignorance Right, I talk about giving people space to be ignorant, giving people space to ask all type of crazy questions. Because if if they don't ever explore, how will they know? I was I don't want to say I was forced to come out, but I felt like I was forced to come out because I was in um, I was at a bar with another lesbian, and she was a stud, and one of my mother's best friends came in and came up to me like, "What you doing here?" And I was like, "Oh." And who was your friend? And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, excuse my language. I'm like, oh, gosh. And so I was like, I got to hurry up and say something to my mama before her friend tell her because I don't think this is going to be good. I never had that conversation with my family about, you know, being gay and stuff like that. So I didn't know how she was going to respond. And it's crazy because I just happened to, we was in a car ride and I told her like, yeah, I was at a bar with my friend and I seen so-and-so and my friend is gay. And it kind of like had an awkward pause. And my mother was like, okay. And I was like, and I just wanted to tell you that's who I was with and that's where I was at. And so she was like, are you gay? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, okay. And we just kept talking about something else. Like it was 
totally normal. You know what I mean? Like nothing was wrong, nothing was said. And that's how I came out. Because <laughs> I feel like my story is, it's more most popular in our community is the, the typical story, you know? Um, growing up, you know, my dad was like, you're not supposed to be gay. That is man not supposed to sleep with a man, woman not supposed to sleep with a woman. Because when we were little, we didn't know what gay was, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. he broke it down, was like, you know, that's never supposed to happen. Um, if you are gay, then I will disown you. I'm not gonna have nothing to do with you. So me growing up, I was always a tomboy. And uh, it was pretty obvious to my mom, but for him, it's like he he either was in denial or he didn't want to believe it or whatever. So I didn't come out until I was probably, oh man, probably 19, 20. And I told my mom first because I was actually in a relationship with a woman where she was just, I mean, she came through my house one time and just tore up everything. When I say tore up everything, she messed up everything in my house. And my mom was pissed and she was like, you need to tell your father because you're in college, you have your own apartment, you have everything going for yourself and he's going to have to replace all of that because I'm not doing it, you know? And she was like, it's not because I don't want to, but it's because he can and he will, he will do it. And I'm going to tell him that he's going to do it. And uh, I think what she was trying to get at was he needs to support you no matter what is going on in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And she wanted him to, she wanted to force that issue of you're going to support our daughter no matter what, not just me, you know? So my mom, she said that she already knew. You know, she said uh, when I was growing up, she was like, it was not a surprise. I already knew and I support you and, and it, that's okay. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be, um, you, you don't have to hate yourself for it or anything, you know, and just know that you, you can always come to me and talk to me about it. And uh, she started schooling me on all kinds of things about women. And I was like, how you know, mama, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know, so you want to tell me? Right. <laughs> But my mom was like, she's a woman. She just knows, you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, all right, okay. So I, I called my dad up and uh, did not know that my mom had already had a conversation with him. And I told him. Um, so mom outed you before yeah. you could even say anything. <laughs> yes. Well, nah, see, like, see, mom's had, mom's had your back though. Because see, she knew your dad couldn't handle that. She yes. said, I got to give this man some time. That's a good parent. She said, I got to yes. listen now. She don't know I'm telling you this. Right. In your face <laughs> when she tell you. But I know you need some time. Yes. So she gonna come in here yes. and tell you this. Act like you don't know. Act like that you together. Face. Have your face together. Right, exactly. still have his face together. But. Exactly. That's how it was. And I was already here in, in uh, I, I went to, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, but I moved here to Texas to go to college. And uh I was already here in school. I was at U of H and I called him. So he's back in St. Louis, but I called him over the phone. I was like, oh, I have something to tell you. He was like, what, what's up? And he was like, you need some more money for some books or something? I was like, nah, I got that take care of. But I just want you to know that uh, I like women. He was like, well, as friends, I mean, okay, that's pretty normal. And I was like, no, like I'm a lesbian. You know what I mean? He was like, so you don't like men or anything? And I was like, no. So you mean to tell me that you like women and you sleep with women? And he just went in. And mm -hmm. I was like, damn, like he <laughs> he went in so bad. I was I was hurt. I wasn't crying or anything. I was hurt and I was angry. And I told my like I'm thinking in the back of my head, like my mom wanted me to tell you in the first place. I didn't want to say anything to you because I knew this was going to happen. The last words he said to me is, I don't want to have nothing to do with you. 
don't call me for no money for school. Don't when you when you have next semester come up, you need books, you need food. Don't call me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. And he cut me off. Next thing I knew, <laughs> he cut me off from the bank account. He cut me off for uh, paying my bills in school, which was like, I think at the time, just a cell phone bill or something else. And um, in school, everything was cut off. So I was like, damn, so what I'm going to do? And I told my mom, I was like, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I didn't want to tell him. And she was like, you, you have to understand the reason why you needed to tell him is because one, you're going to have to stand on your own two feet as an adult. You know, and this is an opportunity for you to, to actually grind and make it on your own and understand that you don't need your dad. You know what I mean? And then two, he's going to come back around. You know, he's your father. He's going to come back around. Just give him some time. He needs some time to think about it and process it and accept it. And she was like, don't worry about it. You always got me. And that's that's all it's going to be. So for years, I didn't speak to him. I didn't have nothing to do with him. I just lived my merry own life. And probably about four years after that, you know, my mom told him that, hey, look, you missed out on a lot of stuff in your in your child's life. And it's not fair for you to choose the our other kids over, you know, one of our other, you know, children. So, you know, you need to make amends with her and all of that. He tried, you know, and we were cool for a year or so. And then after that, we just no longer had nothing to do with each other. So now we're here today. <laughs> I legit lived a whole double life. I up was like, me. up until you. Yeah, I yeah. did not come out until she me. was like, look, if we're going to be together, you need to tell them because this ain't for play play I'm right not here. No secret. Jessica, Jessica got the sauce. She was I like, no yo. secret, okay? And you know, I, I ain't in nobody's I, closet. Hello? <laughs> yeah, because I was like my friend and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Friend. Okay, friend. <laughs> this is my best friend. Yeah, but it was so hard because like my best friends in high school, both of them were gay and um, one of them was a bit more masculine and I would just hear the things that my parents would say. It wasn't nothing bad, but you know, it was always, it's a phase, you know, but at the same time it was kind of supporting and I just didn't know how they would take it from me. And so I was kind of like, oh, you know, I just didn't say anything until she literally was like, look, you got to say something. And I told my mom, I got on the phone. I said, mom, um, I, I, I think I like girls and I might have a girlfriend. And she, Which and means I, mom, I like girls and I have a girlfriend. And I have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And she just got so quiet on the phone. And I mean, it was awkward for a period because she went through this whole stage of like, where did I go wrong? What did I do? Is it because you play basketball? Oh, that was you know how that goes so yes indeed down her whole like rabbit hole rabbit hole talking to family and stuff like that and you know it just became a point in time where they just got to see our relationship and our love and they just accepted it accepted me they accept her and you know, it's like, dang, I should have been there, bitch. Right. Like, it took so long, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, the coming out thing, Lord have mercy. That was, I didn't really get to come out. My parents kind of like peeped the relationship between myself and my best friend, who at the time truly was my best friend. We hadn't done anything, voiced anything or anything like that. Um, they pushed me out. They was like, well, y'all don't, y'all aren't the same type of friends as your, your friend over here. So, and it just, pulled me out. I never got to say, hey, I'm a lesbian. I didn't get mm-hmm. to say that. So, um, but I mean, I was pulled out and I ain't never gone back in. <laughs> then when we got married, it still took me some time because I didn't come out. So you got to think I came out the first time in 2013. I didn't come out again. Mm-hmm. 
until October 2021. Mm -hmm. And there was, when I shared that, Ashley, because I was writing the book, Journey to Finding Me. And I'm thinking, this is where I'm going to just bear it all. I'm going to put it all in there. But I hosted an event. I host events. And so I hosted an event last year called Woman Heal. And I thought the event was for the women. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Women travel from all over Mm -hmm. the country to be in the room with me. I had no guest speaker. It was just me. And they came. And I thought that was just for me. I mean, I thought it was for them. But ultimately, it was for me. This was the first event my wife was at. I didn't announce who she was. Yeah, but she was an attendee. And- after the mm-hmm. event, my mom, my daughter was like, so mom, my daughter, she's 19 in college, sophomore in college. She's like, mom, you know you came out at the retreat, right? I said, what you mean? She said, you was calling Sheree Bay. My wife's name is Sheree. You was calling her Bay. This was the first event that I've been at, that I've hosted, that my wife had come to where I didn't treat her different. Mm. However, I, however we moved at home, she she was my assistant. She handed me my tea. She was doing all, and people are there. And I, if if you paid attention, I mean, like that was yeah. one time I'm speaking, Ashley, and it was like this. I rented a mansion, and there was like this uh, staircase where you can like look over the living room because I had everything in the living room. And I looked up at my wife, honey, and she was looking so good, and I lost <laughs> my whole train of thought. <laughs> I lo- in and the middle of the conference. <laughs> I'm like, if they was paying attention, they knew. But so anyway, after the event, I was like, that's not enough. It's still, to me, I needed to do it for me. I was like, that ain't clear. Now, mind you, me and my wife, it was so stressful. Like when I go with my ministry friends, I would have to change the picture of me and my wife on my phone and put it on silent, didn't answer her calls. It was just stress. We're talking about years of this. It was so stressful. And then finally, I was like, no, she had, I had her, made her keep her social media pages private and now, people knew we were friends because that's yeah. how we started out, but I just didn't update them and tell them that it had changed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you ain't, you ain't changing the relationship status on Facebook. <laughs> you know, they knew that was my friend, yeah. but they didn't know that was my boo thing. And so I, it still wasn't enough for me. So I was, I called her one day. She was on her way to work one morning. This is after the retreat in October of last year. And I said, babe, I'm about to do it. She like, do what? Because she she told me, she would always tell me, she said, one day, babe, because my wife has been openly, she knew she was a lesbian, like five, yeah, six. She sound like me. <laughs> she sound yeah, like, me. like very young, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so she's always been open. So you got to think she left a, she was in a long-term relationship, but, you know, really wasn't happy, whatever, whatever. But openly with this person to come into this, now you get with this minister and you're private. So that's a whole nother kind. You might have to have her on the show mm-hmm. to talk about how she dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, you, I said, I'm about to tell the people. I can't wait for the book. I said, I have to get this out now. I have to do, it was something in me. It was all the, just the culmination of things that had happened over time, the suicide attempt. I got diagnosed with PT, uh, mild PTSD. I got put on antidepressants. Then I hosted the retreat. It was just so much. And I, that was my first time. I've been hosting events for 10 years. But that Woman Hill retreat was my first time being authentically me. And it felt amazing, Ashley. So mm-hmm. I went online, went on Facebook, and I posted a picture of me and my wife. And um, and I, but I still wasn't clear. And after I posted it, I said that was cute. So me, it always took, you know, I had to gradually get there. Mm-hmm. I said that was cute, but that's not enough. So I did another post and I posted our wedding pictures. We had I had never posted our wedding pictures. And I said, just so we're clear, this is who I married. And this is who I love. And this is who I am. 
and it went bananas. And you got to think the number one thing I fear for so long, because I run a six figure business, I'm doing great mm -hmm. success, you know, um, you know um, professionally. And so everybody's fear, even my mom. So you got to think my wife been around my family, all mm -hmm. these things it took time, but we ended yeah. up around each other's family, but we still kept it private. And um, everybody's fear was, what about your business? Because predominantly mm -hmm. for a long time, it was faith-based people who patronized my business and my services. And um, the opposite happened though, Ashley. Mm -hmm. The opposite happened. So I, I just want to say to those who are afraid of being their authentic selves, there is a reward on the other side. Can't nobody tell me, Ashley, that God didn't call me. Can't nobody tell me I'm not anointed, that I'm not prophetic, that God hasn't blessed me. Can't nobody tell me I'm going to hell. The day we was about to get married, the day before, I'll never forget. And I have been praying and asking God to show me all along. And I, I've seen God move. Like I prayed over the 16th of recovery. You got to think, hand, like straight up ministry. Mm -hmm. I've been in Kojic, holiness, every mm -hmm. denomination you could think of, your girl have, has been there. Mm -hmm. And I would pray very specific things. And so the day before we was going to get married, I said, God, if I am making a mistake, show me. I said, you know, I'm going to do whatever you tell me. Me and God type. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, we, I'm going to do whatever you tell me. So my phone goes off. I'm sitting in my um, hairstylist. This one, I had hair child. That was another thing. Me cutting my hair, that was an outward expression of an inward change. It was almost like a baptism. So it was, mm -hmm. it's been a whole process. <clears throat> so my phone goes off, five o'clock in the morning, get my hair done. And it's a very well-known preacher. If I said her name right now, a lot of people would know who she is because people on both sides, everybody love her. And she's white. She don't look like me, but she texts me five o'clock in the morning. Right after I said this prayer, Ashley, I was scared to death. You're like, what's this lady about to say to me? <laughs> I'm like, because I just told God, if I'm making uh, a mistake, show me, talk to me. I'm like, I will go to church. I'm like, let them call me out. Mm -hmm. You know, that would never happen. When I go to church, Ashley, they would just prophesy all the, you're going to be a millionaire, all the great things. I'm like, can, can y'all see the pain? Like, that would be my frustration with church is y'all say y'all know the word, but y'all ain't got no discernment. I've been in churches with my girlfriends. And because I look like this, they will overlook me and call them out. I'm like, we together though. You don't even know it. So anyway, girl, her text message was about something completely. It had nothing to do with what I was praying about. And that's when I, I said, okay, I said, okay, let me, let me get out of my own head and detox my spirit from all this stuff. And we got married. And when I tell you, Ashley, it was only six of us in Myrtle beach. And it was the, one of the best days apart from having my daughter. It was one of the best days of my life. It was beautiful. And when I, I was kind of forced out the closet, to be honest with you, um, it wasn't really pleasant. It wasn't a pleasant story at all. Um, my older sister, my oldest sister, she's a few years older than me. And, you know, we went to a club for her birthday. Of course, I was like 16. I was 18 and she had came back from college. She was 20. And, um, you know, we were just kind of drinking and things like that. And I told her, I was like, hey, like, um, I was like, hey, I'm gay. Like, she, because guys were trying to talk to me because, you know, of course I couldn't pick my, my wardrobe. So guys were trying to talk to me. I was like, bro, like, I'm good. Like, I ain't into that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't really know how to explain it, but I was like, eh, I'm good. My sister was like, why, why you don't want to talk to anyone? I was like, it's like, I don't like guys. Like, you know, I was like, I like girls. Like, you know, I'm gay. And she was just, she just like had a whole meltdown. Like, my sister's like, oh, you were gay. Was she the first person you came out to? Yes. It was the worst. I was like, I'm, if this is, I'm never coming out again. Like it was, it was, uh, it was traumatizing to be honest with you. And uh, right after that, like it was Easter Sunday, the next Sunday. And uh, my mom, you know, we were in church and my mom, she kind of saw my face and I was just kind of already in tears because of the night before. I was just so like disgruntled. I was just so just 
<laughs> traumatized and so thrown off. And my mom, she actually get, put me in the car, you know, we driving around and um, she finally got me to calm down all my tears and everything like that. And then she was just like, what's going on? I said, I said, I don't want you to hate me. You know, I really don't want you to hate me. Like, I don't really know how to say this. And she was like, baby, like, I can never hate you. Like, tell me what's going on with you. And I was just like, um, I was like, I'm gay. I, I, I like girls. Like, it's, it's nothing I try to pray it away. I try to get away from it. I, I, I can't. Like, it's just, it's just who I am. Like, I, I, I don't like guys. And I can't make myself like something I don't like, you know. And uh, she was just like, she's always known. And I was just like, well, if you knew, why you just didn't tell me? Right. Because it would have saved me so much more of you this. You know, <laughs> you need to talk to the parents and just be like, I, I, I almost wonder is like, they be knowing and, and, and you sitting over there as a kid, you're like, man, like I'm, my mom gonna disown me. Like my parents gonna yeah. hate me. Like if I tell them and half the time, they be like, I was just waiting on you. So it's almost, it's like, well, so was you waiting for me to figure, like, was you waiting for me to be straight? Like, what were you waiting? What exactly were you waiting for? <laughs> but I'm gonna be honest with you after the, after, you know, after we spoke, like it really wasn't all, it was not all peaches and cream. I'm gonna be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, because I was, I'm from a very toxic household. Um, and my, my, my stepfather is very, very uh, abusive both uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, like he was just not the best person growing up. And so she told my dad, actually, she told my, or she told my uh, stepfather um, the story and what, everything that happened and they asked who it was and things like that. And it just, it just turned into a big, crazy, like fiasco. Like my, they took my cell phone. Um, they wanted to meet the girl, the girl's parents. They both our parents had to sit down on the couch, and like I'm there in tears, of course. You know, remember I grew mm -hmm. up in also her family's not so much, you know, Bible mm -hmm. thought. She was a lot more like whatever, and I was just kind of like broken up, and it was just a really, it was it was bad. Like I ain't gonna lie to you, it was really bad. Like even when I got to college and I went back, I came back home. Like after already just being out, I started dressing more masculine once I got out of the household, you know, and um. It, it still wasn't, it still wasn't uh, pleasant until I became my own person, which was probably around like 20, but it was, it was very uncomfortable, man. It was very yeah. uncomfortable. Oh, well, you know, it had to be to my parents first because oh, I was yeah. raised by strict and religious people. Like my grandmother owned the church. We wasn't, we wasn't members. We, we owned the church. Uh, so my grandmother was God fearing and she lived by the book. You know what I mean? She wasn't like a hypocrite to the world. She lived it fully. Mm -hmm. So, so that part of it was the part that I needed to overcome first. And I guess the boldness and courage came at a younger age because I'm like, yeah, granny, you know, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how, how, how old were you? Do you remember? Um, I was, I was 17, mm -hmm. 17, yeah. 18 years old. You know, uh, you know, because at that point I had already made some 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 adult decisions and mm -hmm. executive decisions. I had a record deal, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be honest about who I am here at home because this is where I'm supposed to get all the unconditional love that I'm receiving. Yeah. I need that, and I knew that at a young age I needed my family support. Yeah. So I told the, the person that I knew was going to take it the toughest. My mother told me, she was like, you know, go tell your girlfriend to come, yeah. come eat. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, yeah. but my grandmother was like, okay. Okay. You know what the book say about that? You know what the book say about that? I ain't for me to judge, but exactly. you know what he say about it. Oh, no, she does. Oh, oh she, she does. does? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
she just she i mean um which is probably it was it's a gift and a curse in that sense because my grandmother said all the things that the world what I, that, that she, she never held back any of the things that she said the world was going to say to me, mm -hmm. you know? So I love the fact that I was, you know, basically, you know, someone who loved me told me like, this is what they're going to say to you. This is what they're going to say about you. So it was, it was, it was, it, you know, it was. She was pre she prepped you. You was ready. She was she like, look, you're you going to hear this, the stuff you're going to hear. So just keep this stuff ready. Say exactly yeah it was yeah. a bittersweet so that's that's kind of how so I, I came out to my family when I was like 17 you know what I mean yeah. before I graduated uh, high school senior year something just something just spiked in me that I was like I'm gonna start coming out to people and um I told I told um I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead too far no, here. <laughs> I told one of my closest friends at the time but um they ended up betraying me and telling their parents and so this became another dark moment so that family ended up blackmailing me um because i told you i went to a christian school mm -hmm. and i mean for what it's worth i went to a white christian school so let's add the get out factor mm -hmm. to it too mm -hmm. the taking privileges that you shouldn't take doing things you shouldn't doing and i look back on this and think about how problematic that was for this white family to do this to this black child but whatever mm -hmm. anyway so they found out and they were going to out me to my parents it was a whole thing and i was like nah because I didn't know, like I said, going back to when I was in third grade, I was like, I just had this fear around it. Like a lot yeah. of us do as black 100%. queers, like, mm -hmm. uh, nah, it's not going to go how you think it's going to go. Mm -hmm. So nah, you're not, I, I was like, no, I'm crying. I'm pleading. They're like, okay, well you need to fix it. I'm like, I need to fix it. They're all like, okay, well you're, you're not 18 yet. So, so pretty much they put me in reparative therapy in exchange for not outing me. So I was a pretty smart smart kid in high school so i had two free periods because all my credits were done in senior year so i lied to my parents and told them that i was doing something for student council or something but instead i was being i was being transported from my high school to a church to talk to this pastor about praying the gay away and all that shit. and i did that shit for a year i do i mean uh, the last year of high school um yeah so that That's happened. Wild. It's wild. It's wild, <laughs> right? It's wild. wild. And no one saw anything wrong with what they did. That's what's so funny. Cause That's I've confronted crazy. all yeah. I've confronted and cussed out all these people in my yeah. in my grown age. Oh, yeah. But no one sees anything wrong with what they did. Even still. Even still. They were doing the Lord's work. Okay, girl. So <laughs> I did that. And then it, it then when I then it, fast forward, I kind of had my own back and forth. Once I turned 18, it was like, forget all y'all. I'm doing what mm -hmm. I want, but I but now the brainwashing had kind of took because now I've had years of this. Yeah. So now it's a mental thing for me because now I'm trying to figure out my belief system. Mm -hmm. And then at 19 is when something just happened. Something happened with one of my like family members. Um, you know, little boys, they play Discovery and he, you know, he was doing the Discovery game with another one of my cousins, like, oh, I have a penis, you have a penis. And then he got beat for it and it enraged me it pissed me off and i just went off and in that i ended up coming out it was like the it was it was like yeah. here and it, i ended up coming out to my mom but it was subtle 
because we talked about it for so long and she was upset that it happened to the little boy. She's like, that's stupid, you know, boys gonna do that, you know? Mm -hmm. But then the conversation just kind of led that way. And then um, I came out to her and uh, of course it was a thing about she knew she was like no she was like a parent called me when you're in middle school and she's like i tried my best to block it and she did my my mom tried to raise me like how a lot of people try to raise girls like and it's funny because i knew something switched because i went from being able to have more freedom and spend a night certain places to not being able to go anywhere so i knew something was up and she was like no i she's like i just that was she was trying to block it yeah. But I ended up coming out to her when I was 19. And then I told her about everything that happened before. Of course, she was upset. She's like, I wish she would have just came out to me. She's like, I know that, you know, it was scary, but I wish she would have, because she got hate that somebody else took that into their own hands, you know? Um, and then once I came out to her, it was like, fuck everybody. Game on, let's go. At Once my mom knew, I, I did not care. Don't care. Family members, I literally was like, I don't care. <laughs> what however you feel about it and i was yeah. thankful because there were so many instances where people were trying to get me married off they were trying to get me into that cycle of like being with women and pretending and whatever and and i can't say that it was just all easy after i came to my mom because i definitely have like i said i still had the brainwashing i still had the mental thing so i had a couple more ups and downs on my own mm -hmm. since then but once she knew, it just gave me more of a freedom to be myself and not have to hide. Say, like when I tell my mom's story, she passed away in 2012, which I, you know, definitely have dealt with. So we definitely don't have to, you know, go around having that mm -hmm. conversation. But she passed away in 2012. We ended up being the best of friends and talking about everything and really getting a lot out. But when I tell my mom's story, often she looks like a villain. But I want to preface by saying that she only had language and knowledge of what she had. And so it's not giving her an excuse, but it's kind of like setting the stage for some of the things that I'll talk about um, in my childhood. So my mom was a cursor. She could, she would, she cursed like a seller, a, a sailor, as uh, people would often say. Mm -hmm. um, and so she used her words when she didn't have words she used the only words that she could use um and so i was a faggot and a sissy from very young uh i didn't i don't know if i ever recognized because my mom was a very aggressive dominating um sometimes very angry person just about life um i don't ever i don't know if i realized that she was um being uh saying something derogatory mm -hmm. uh for a long time when i was a kid i just thought okay well that's the language you know you're feminine so you're a faggot you're a sissy um i didn't realize that it was a problem until my brothers started getting in on it as far as coming out i didn't have a big shebang um i literally was in college maybe high school and I was having girl problems and I was talking <laughs> to my parents and I'm like something 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 she blah 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 and my stepmom was like she and I was like yeah she keep up like let's go <laughs> I'm like so then I just finished the story and then they were like 
Okay, so like, what do you want to, like, how do we help you? Do you want advice? Are you just looking to vent? Like, that's just kind of how my parents are. They always ask, like, what do you need from this conversation? Um, and we just kept it going past that. My mom, I thought she's deeply religious. So I thought that she would have a bigger response. And so I had a little anxiety around that. Um, but she was like, you know, I already knew. And you you know that I'm going to approach any and everybody in love. Um, and that's what she has continued to prove and do for me and for my family. So, so you was already like dating the girls and then had a problem. It was like, listen. Elbow deep in problems. I'm like, I was a teenager. So I'm like, I mean, at this, at this point, those were like small minuscule problems. Right. But at the right. time they were my whole world. And I'm like, right. I just want to go upstairs. I don't want to go to sleep. I'm done with these girls. Like forget this. But, um, they talked me through the situation. Obviously I have moved on long since then, but at that time it was like world shattering for me. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause what else do we have to worry about? Exactly. When we're like in high school. I mean, track there. practice, cheerleading exactly. practice, girls. Like, <laughs> that was it. I've always been a tomboy. Uh, dressed that way even uh, I was in the sixth grade when my mom was like you can pick out your own clothes so immediately I, I went to the boys section and it was kind of easy back then because you know we had Queen Latifah, MC Light they were wearing the baggy clothes the boy mm -hmm. clothes so it was you know acceptable, acceptable for you know a girl to wear like yeah yeah so that was the first thing I started doing wearing the clothes I just it was really hard for me to not be myself. You know what I'm saying? So I always acted that way. You know, they would be like, oh, this little boy over here, you ought to have him as your boyfriend. He's so nice. He's so cute. I'm like, nah. Because mm -mm. in my mind, I'm like, shoot, he, he gay too. Like, <laughs> you know, like, nah, that ain't it. So right. it was, it, it was, I've always just been myself. And when my mother found out, because actually my mother found out, because she became suspicious around about the time, I think I was like 16, she became suspicious. And she, I guess while I was in school, she just went hunting in my room and found letters up under my bed to my girlfriend at the time. And multiple I didn't deny it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I couldn't deny it. Mm -hmm. Like, I ain't deny it. So it just went from that to them saying, oh, it's a phase. You're just going through a phase. Phasing these letters. Was it telling them how cute they was? You. Or was this let like, me, me was this something. like undeniable letters? Like, were these like, man, oh, like, yeah, yeah it's you giving very much it. My, my daughter like girls. <laughs> I mean, come on, you got to think about the R&B groups that oh, was out yeah. back in the day. So I thought I was a little Prince Charming, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the things I was putting in the letter, there's absolutely no way mm -hmm. I could be like, nah, that's just my friend. What? I'm very private with my mother because I love her very much, but she doesn't see the sunshine and things that I do. So... When I went to Hawaii, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to Hawaii, da, 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 da. And she was like, you going with a guy or a girl? And I said, I'm going with a girl. And she was like, that's why I never gonna have no grandchildren. I said- yeah, I've heard that one before. I said, you don't like other people's children, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I came back engaged. She was just like, okay, yeah, whatever literally literally <laughs> um 
didn't come to the wedding. My stepfather didn't come. Um, and then she kind of had to suck it up because Kendra wasn't going anywhere. And I'm the oldest for both my parents and I'm the only girl for both of my parents. Um, and for a long time, she wouldn't really take us seriously. You thought you loved the girl before and blah, 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 blah. So she really thought it was a phase because I did, you know, also date men. Um, but we got to a point where my little brother was graduating because we're 13 years apart. So my baby was graduating. So I had to be there and mm -hmm. Kimber came. There was no way I was leaving her at home. And we were both so nervous. My mom says what's on her mind as soon as it comes to her mind. Yeah. And we got, I, I got stuff them right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> we got into the hall to, you know, help decorate. And Kendra got out of the hall, the, the car. And um, if you don't know, I'm five foot. My mother is two inches shorter than me. <laughs> and Kendra's six foot. <laughs> so Kendra gets out the car. And my mom is not a hugger. She's not real touchy feely. But she hugs Kendra. And Kendra says, nice to meet you. And she said, it's been a long time coming. And I almost hit the floor because I was shocked. Um, but through the graduation, she wouldn't really take pictures with Kendra or nothing like that. And after the graduation, my parents sat us down to have a conversation. Um, my mom and my stepfather that, you know, it's not that they didn't love me or, you know, that they disliked Kendra, but they were afraid for us. It's also hard. It's hard to be a black woman. And then you add to be gay on top of it. People are crazy and they'll just do things to you. But also my fault because I did not bring her around. But I, you know, it, but she knew, you know, and then she would see people. I'd bring people over, you know, friends or somebody I'm dating. So she knew, uh, mm -hmm. but she was the type of woman who would not say anything. Now, if something happened, she would bring it up, you know um for instance um i was you know young and kind of silly you know uh, around the age of 17 18 got into a fight at a party and there was this girl i was dating you know involved um um not i wasn't fighting her but you know it was because of her somebody else really you know got involved but um then, then she said something. Because you, you got know. into a fight over a girl. <laughs> yeah, and then she said something. You know, she's yeah. like, well, you know, you gotta, you know, be careful, watch your circle. But she never did really, you know, condemn me yeah. for, you know, being attracted to girls. You know, so, but she knew. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and that's the only time she would say that. I guess that's with anybody with any parent if something happened then they're going to bring up something you know watch what you're doing what you know you got to watch your circle whether you're straight gay or bi, yeah. whatever you know yeah so yeah but she was not judgmental at all about it uh i didn't necessarily come out um there was this boy i had a crush on i want to say i was like a sophomore in high school and i wrote a note to him and i left it in my backpack for some reason now my parents they ain't stupid. They kind of knew, you know, mm -hmm. he had, got a little sugar in his tank. So they went looking through my stuff and they found this note to this boy. Yeah. And that was kind of how I guess I came out in a sense and it just kind of all spiraled from there. Like 
I had maybe at that time like one friend that I had told he was also gay, but I had only really out of my mouth said it to one person. And then my parents found the note and it just, oh Lord, that's when all hell broke loose. I guess we will probably get into that in a minute, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I, we could we could go we just transition right into it while we talking about it. Um, what was that? How was that for you? Uh, when when they found the note in your bag, it was tough. I think you're in this weird space of like, obviously knowing you have these feelings, but not really knowing what to do with them. Like I live down south, I'm black, and um, my parents are super churchy, so. It was a lot of things being like, no, this is bad. Like, don't do this. Um, so when you're already in this space of trying to figure out who you are as a person, but then you have people actively saying, like, you're a sin. It's bad. All these things are wrong with you. Like, that can fuck you up in the head. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, like, as I started to get more into mental health and I started to look back on some of the things that happened to me, it's like, that's why you're so, you know, dealing with the things you're dealing with because of the shit that you went through when you were younger simply for being who you are you know mm-hmm. um but i mean to be honest it was it was hell um i look back at that time and i now know what i was going through was depression but at that time i didn't even know that's what it was cuz we didn't talk about it mm-hmm. i just thought i was sad um and I, in my head, I was like, oh, well, you know, everyone kind of goes through these phases where they're sad and they lose motivation. But because we didn't talk about it, I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was going on. I just thought it was a phase. Um, but then as I got older, it was like, nah, you were dealing with depression because of everything that was happening in your life. Um, it's to me, I say a lot of times it's, it's so interesting to me that I didn't attempt suicide just because how bad things had gotten between yeah. like me and my family and my parents like me and my dad used to like physically fight mm-hmm. like it got really bad um and I, like it's better now before a period it was it was really bad yeah um did they kick you out or anything like that were you a kid were you a teenager at the time or you were you were yeah. in middle school right high school? no I, at this time I was in high school I was like maybe 15 or 16, mm-hmm. but like I'm a big guy now, but at that time I was very scrawny. So when you have your dad, who's like a full grown man, kind of like yeah. lunging at you, it's a very weird scenario. Like, cause you like put your fist up to fight him, but at the same time it's your dad. So mm-hmm. it's like, what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on? But it was like, it was just the scenario I was in. But yeah, I did. I got, uh, I think twice in high school, I left home. Well, once I left, once I was, pushed out um and I kind of just couch surfed from place to place and I'm from a small town in Louisiana so we didn't have resources like centers or places where like homeless LGBT youth could go so I just couch surfed and eventually had to end up going back to that scenario because I I didn't have anywhere else to go and I was 16 so I didn't have a car I didn't have any money um I kind of had to go back yeah and um moving forward so what was the what was, and it's probably, you know, like you said, you said it's getting better, but what was the journey back to your parents for you? Cause I've talked to, and I, and I, I think everyone deals with some level of it, but I think men, black men, especially kind of deal with this the hardest when it comes to like parents and like acceptance. Um, 
what was the journey back for you? I've talked to people who've been on both sides in terms of like, okay, I'm not ready to just throw my parents away because they don't accept this part of me, right? Like that's a very hard pill to swallow and people, it's hard for people to understand like you either love me the way I am or you get nothing at all, but it's hard to reconcile. Like if my parents just deny this one part of me, I can still find a way to move forward because they're my parents, right? So where did you fall out on it? Was it a complete, like, you don't accept me, I'm done? Or was it a, these are my parents? And even in this, like, I still love them. You know what I mean? To be honest, like, it was it was a very weird space to be in because I honestly, I felt both. Like, I love them, especially my mom. I'm very close to my mom. So I did have that idea. I was like, I can't just throw them away because I don't, because we're at odds, like, they're my parents. Like your parents kind of always feel like home no matter where they are. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to be who I was. And so so a bit of me had like a I don't give a fuck mentality, but also y'all are my parents as well. So I love y'all. And I think that caused tension as well because like we're family. So you yeah. are almost like supposed to love each other, but it's also, it's conflicting because I was like, I want to be who I am. And you should accept that. And I'm I'm not going to pretend to be something that you want me to be just to appease you. So it left us at odds for a while. But I remember when I graduated high school, I mean, when I graduated college, um, well, actually, when I graduated high school, I in college, I very rarely came back home. And then after I graduated college, I was like, deuces, I moved to New York City. I didn't actually go back to Louisiana for like the first three years when I moved to New York City because I needed to put some like distance between us yeah yes Mm -hmm. um and I'm grateful that I did too because that's kind of what helped me to not fully resent them was to get away from Mm -hmm. them um and it's better now but it's because like I said I decided to stop giving a fuck and then especially when I started doing like the whole mental health thing I really was like take it or leave it like this is what it is you guys take it or leave it um but I also got very open and candid with them about conversations like I thought I was over a lot of the things that happened to me when I was a kid. And I saw it was like around 30, 31, my life kind of blew up. Um, and I had to like address a lot of different things that happened to me. And I was like, I'm still angry about what y'all did to me when I was 15. And I can't keep pretending like I'm not mad about it anymore. Um, and so I just started saying how I felt. And to be honest, I, tr- I was respectful, but it was also like, I'm going to tell you how I feel that I'm mad, that I'm angry, and you kind of just need to take it. And I think when they saw like, okay, he's not backing down from this, then they started to try to like build a bridge to me a little bit more. And like, now I talk openly about being gay in front of my mom. My dad is still coming around to it, but even me just saying I'm a gay man in front of him, years ago would have caused like a whole Mm -hmm. thing. Now it's just kind of like, okay. And that's like, you know, at this Processing, point, my life, I'll take that. Family wise, uh, it, I'm, on my side of the family, it was pretty cool, you know. Um, you know, they don't they don't trip about stuff like that. Um, how about you? Well, <laughs> for me, you know, it's like my parents were one didn't ever want me to be with a um, different color skin person. They always wanted me to be with Hispanic, like. Like you, like that's all they saw, you know, they always match you with like who your family is, you know, like, I guess the color, the race, the, you know, background, all that. So, you know, I, they knew a long time ago that, you know, I wasn't like, a, you know, into my own race or anything like that. 
So even then, you know, when we did get together and start, you know, we oh, she came we she came around like a friend for the for a of long course. time. Yeah. <laughs> my friend, it's my yeah. special friend. And so my parents kind of like started like putting one and one together, and they started like getting mad at her or like getting mad at me for stuff, you know. And they're like, you know, we know, but I wouldn't never tell them. Um, so they did take it. We had a little rough patch with my mostly with my mom. She was the one who took it a little harder through, you know, the whole way. But now, you know, she's supportive and, you know, loving and stuff towards both of us and and accepting of it. But it is hard, especially when you come from families who don't believe in, for one, you know, being with a different color person. And then two, not being with the same sex. Like for them, it's like, okay, are you kidding me? (laughs) Double negative. Like, really? Like we couldn't pick one, right? Like you, you just you had to bring both into the situation. But love is love, so that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? We don't pick the color. We don't pick. You know, it's just who who you love is who you love. So it's it's all good. Once once mama, daddy, and grandma cool with being with you being gay. Honestly, Listen. everybody else, hey, it don't matter. You either you know? with it or you ain't. You either with me or against me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I came out to my mom, I remember I went home. And I sat down. I was like, Mom, I just got to tell you something. And I was like, I, I couldn't even, I, it was so hard for me to give it, get it out. And she was like, I already know. And um, I was like, well, yeah, like, he ain't just my roommate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, um, I told her about him. And to be honest, she handled it in that moment better than I thought she would. It's the moments to come that I have to deal with because my mom is still, she, she doesn't, she doesn't believe in it. She still thinks um, in her limited capacity of thinking um, that it's wrong, that it's simple, that I'm going to hell. And so that's a struggle in itself every day. Um, you know, I've had to create boundaries with her and she's still one of my, like, she's still my best friend. We, we can, we talk, we just have to, like, we have those boundaries in place until um she's truly educated and informed because that's what i that's what i had to do for myself because you know we we're taught and i and that's the one thing i want to say i never blame her because i i get where she's coming from i get her understand i know what she was taught i i thought the same thing one time but the only thing that i don't um agree with is not educating yourself so it's like Mom, I'm, I've given you the the resources to kind of, you know, learn for yourself what these translations in the Bible mean. Um, figure it out yourself and then talk to God and like, because that's the one thing I, I, I let her know. I mean, I talk to God every day and our, our conversations are very, very thorough, if you will. And so I hear what he says to me and I know that he loves me, you know? And so, yeah, that's that. But I feel like the fight now is truly with her because my mom is, she, um, she's my, like, I was raised the only child, single mother. So she's my, like, she's my everything. Yeah. And so now my fight is not really to stay out of the closet because I'll never go back in, but to really just be my authentic self around her because I know what she's thinking and I know how she, you know, sees things and perceive things. So that is one of the reasons you were talking about my platform, my um, social media. 
it has been very hard to post the stuff that I post because now I'm just like, and this is what I want to post, like me and crop tops, me being fluid in, in my sexuality and just like really just being true to myself. It's been really hard. And so because it's, I'm literally being vulnerable for the entire world to see. And when I say the entire world, I mean my family because yeah. I don't really care about anybody else. It's my family. They Because right. I know that they are seeing it. And mm-hmm. I know they're talking. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, man, know I- what kind of message am I going to get? Now, why are you up there without no clothes on? Exactly. Why are you showing your stomach? Exactly. <laughs> and pretty much why I moved out of New York was me coming out to my mom and telling her I have a girlfriend. And I really told her that I like girls, but I told her I had a girlfriend. And she was just like not having it. So long story short, because of that, we did end up falling out. She kicked me out of her house. I ended up living with my girlfriend at the time for like a year. And then that didn't work out. So I ended up moving to Connecticut. But I was there for like four months. And that was like the worst situation of my entire life. Um, Because she was also going through a divorce and blah, 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 blah. So that was like up and down, in and out. Um, And after that- How old at that point? I was 27 at- the point I was in Connecticut. And then after that, I ended up moving to DC. I worked a little bit uh, for a pharmaceutical company and then ended up moving to LA. And while I was in DC and LA, I was always trying to figure out how to identify because I really never got a handle on that. And I just knew I wasn't straight, but I always felt like I needed to fit in. I always wanted to be the lesbian girl, the bisexual girl, the whatever type of girl that I could be in the community with. And I struggled with identity for such a long time that I just didn't identify partially because I felt like I didn't have to. And then the other half was that I didn't want to. And after that, I probably didn't identify for maybe three, four, five years until just recently where I started to feel the word queer was just more of what I wanted to call myself, but didn't know that's what it was. Um. (laughs) So I was uh, dating a guy low-key, or I thought I was being low-key, and someone at school found out and told my brother. So my brother calls me. I get this phone call out of the blue. I'm not expecting it at all. He goes, hey, Greg, I got a call from somebody at Michigan, and they said that, you know, you up there dating a man and that you're gay. And I just, you know, my instinct is my body went red. I was, you know, the heat on the back of your neck starts standing up and your stomach starts crunching and... I'm like, what do I say? So my instinct is just to lie, like I like I'd always done. So I'm like, no, it's not true. And I hang up the phone. You know, we wrap it up. I'm like, that's not true. They're lying. I hang up the phone. And then I think about it. And I'm like, at this point, like I might as well call them back and tell them the truth, because the cat is out of the bag. Whoever told him knows, you know, it's clearly true. So I call them back and I um and I go, okay, it's true. You know, I am. This is what's going on. And he was like, okay, I don't care. You know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And that made me feel great. And then I say, but please don't tell anybody else. Don't tell the rest of the family because I don't want, um, you know, I'm just not ready to tell them yet. I'll tell them soon. And I hung up the phone. And literally two minutes after that phone call, and I always laugh because I say my brother outed me and I know it's not good to out people. But two minutes after that call, my dad calls me crying. And he's like, I love you, son. Like, you know, you don't ever have to hide something like this. I fully support you. And that feel great in that moment. I really appreciated it. Um, but still mad at your brother. 
Still, I was mad, but I look back on it and I really do feel grateful for it because I don't think if that moment had happened that I would have, it would have been years before I told my family. I don't think I would have, um, it, it made it easier for me. It was almost like, I mean, coming out for me was hard. I imagine it's difficult for most people. It's just that working up the nerve to have those conversations. I'm already a nervous person. And so just having a serious, intense conversation like that is hard for me. And um, I would have put it off. I would have kept putting it off. And so it was almost like a relief when he did it, even though it's not good out people. I was like, thank God, you know, it's done. My family's here. I got their support and it made me feel good. But even with that being the case, it took me years to come out to everybody else. <laughs> I unofficially came out in the 10th grade. Um, unofficially. I up, <laughs> yeah, unofficially, yeah. It was kind of forced. Um, so I ended up having like a, a, I guess you could say kind of like a girlfriend, like first girl kiss, stuff like that. Um, we lived around the corner from each other. So like we would hang out after school. And then one day my mom found out about it and mm -hmm. it was a blow up. Mm -hmm. Yo, it was a blow up. So, um, I got in so much trouble. I got pulled out of public school, put into private school. Um, I couldn't do anything for the rest of the year that I was in the public school. So no sports, no after school clubs. And I was in a lot of clubs. I played basketball, I ran track, I played volleyball, I did all that stuff. So everything was cut from that point until like I went over to the private school. Wow, so at the school, yeah. So how did she find out? Did she catch y'all like kissing or was it like a text message or like what? How did she find out? So this is back with AOL. What was it? The instant oh, messenger? Man. Yeah. You forgot to delete the, you ain't close out the account. Nah, oh man. man, you ain't signed out that day. Nah, man. And oh. I got home from school. Like it was a normal day. I got home and she was like, what is this? And I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, got me. You and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? You <laughs> spitting game, and she like, oh, so this is what we doing? <laughs> I got like the whole like whole church thing. I got in mm -hmm. so much trouble. Got grounded. Got pulled from everything. Got shipped off to a whole other school. Now, mind you, I wanted to go to private school because I was going to play basketball, but it turned into a like, you're not going because of basketball. You're going because I'm ripping you away from like this. Yeah, yeah. It was gone. It was for the, the energy was bad. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, yeah. I, I wanted this, but like, I ain't wanted it like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> dang. so when you, so you went to another school and then, um, did you like, cause 10th grade, I mean, that's like critical social time. Um, yeah. Where you, so I what, moved, I'm, I moved to the new school for 11th and 12th grade. Um, ended up, I started dating a guy to, to appease my parents still had that like deep down, but I was like, listen, I'm, I told myself like I'm home, like maybe this, maybe it's really not what I want. So let me try this another time. So dated a guy, he's absolutely amazing. We're still friends to this day. And like, he was a year older than me. He ended up graduating, going away to college. He had like give me a promise ring, proposed to me, did all this stuff. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know, whatever. So I just, I went with the flow. My parents were super happy. So of I love seeing them happy. They had forgotten about the whole girlfriend situation. So I was like, cool, I'm in the clear. Um, I graduate from high school and I moved to Florida. So my big break is I can move to Florida. I can do whatever I want to. I can start my own life. I can live how I want to. So basically, um, and nothing against him. I dated a basketball player, a D1 basketball player. So, you know, groupie love over there. Mm -hmm. So we ended up breaking up. I moved to Florida. Pretty easy and... transition out of that one. You're like, all right, you look a little <laughs> occupied, my brother. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just get out your way. 
basically like you're doing a great job like go get them um but i ended up moving to florida and immediately started dating girls oh um i had a girlfriend my freshman year of high school and valentine's day came up and she went crazy she just gave me all the balloons the teddy bears the candy da da and i remember my mama picking me up from school and she was like what is all of this? And I didn't even think about, it wasn't even on my mind. Like I got to tell my mama something when I get home. So when I got in the car and she was like, what is this? I was like, it's from a boy named Derek. <laughs> I just lied. <laughs> and then we drove all the way home. It was like a 30 minute car, car ride. And I like, I ate dinner, the whole rest of the day passed. And I just felt crazy that I just lied to my mama like that. And before I went to bed, I was like, hey, um, what if I told you all those presents weren't from a boy? And she was like, who are they from? I was like, what if I told you it was from a girl? And she, she got quiet. She was like, okay. She started saying that you like girls. I was like, I'm saying I think I like both. She was like, she didn't say anything for like 30 minutes. <laughs> so in my head, I was like, all right. I was already planning my demise. I was like, well, I should <laughs> ground me my little nokia phone gonna be gone <laughs> you're like what's the worst that can happen here <laughs> I, i've been kicked out of my room before like i did something my mama kicked me out the room and i had to sleep with my brother and i was like she's gonna kick me out the room again she might take the door off the hinges too i was just like thinking about what's gonna happen and then she finally like said something she was like i love you no matter what so after my mama said that it's cool what's up from here we, it we was cool <laughs> uh, i am cool and I didn't even feel the need to tell anybody else in my family. Man. was the hardest one to the point where I, I didn't tell anyone in my family unless they peeped on Facebook or something. So there, there were family members that didn't find out until I got engaged. That's how much I forgot to make it a thing. Yep. I felt like once my mama knew, no one else needs up. 